1: Welcome in to the KSR Football Podcast. Another year, another win over Louisville. We're fired up to talk about it all. We're fired up to be here thanks to our friends at Justice Dental. Best dentistry in Central KY. They've got two convenient locations on either side of town of Lexington. One on Blazer Parkway, another one on Wellington Way. Uh, You can call them at 859-543-0700 if you want to chit-chat with somebody. Or you could just visit them online, justicedental.com. Book your cleaning appointment today. Figure out your dental needs for the future. You got something coming up around the corner. Doctor Johnson and Doctor Justice will take care of you. Uh, your one stop shop for all your dental needs. Bringing you the KSR Football Podcast and bringing you lots of takes because we're gonna have plenty of them tonight. It's uh, we're in the transition. It's from season to off season. The off season actually might be crazier than the in season. But before we get into off season, we've got to. Gotta enjoy the win over Louisville, and I don't know if anybody's enjoying that win more than uh, Mr. L's down, Drew Franklin.
0: Oh, it's been a great forty-eight hours. I don't even need Justice Dental to work on this smile because I haven't stopped smiling since Saturday night when the cats got it done. Uh, never doubt. Hope we all cashed in on that minus three. I bought a garage fr- refrigerator with my winnings. It was a big Sunday for me but uh just i mean we beat louisville it's like it's our holiday as we, we we're still living the celebration up
1: well and it's an annual holiday too now because like well, it i don't i know i wasn't married the last time the governor's cup was in louisville i don't think i was a homeowner yet um probably still living in my parents basement it's been so long it's hard to remember what i was even doing the last time louisville won a governor's cup
2: yeah it's been a long time now um Last time they won, Malik Cunningham was a true freshman. I um, mean, he just played his last uh, regular season game, or his last game against Kentucky. So um, they've gone through a full cycle here of players. Um, Scott Satterfield's going to be in year five um, next season, and he has not beaten Kentucky. So, um, Nick, Nick, you talk about all the time, this the pendulum swings, and it swings in big ways in this rivalry. Uh, and right now, Kentucky's on a good little streak here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, aside from Lamar's revenge, it's been all cats, everything. Uh, now, seven years. Um, it just feels good. And Freddie, I know you didn't have this rivalry when you were at Kentucky, um, but the way that it sets up can really make your off season feel good beating an in-state foe to, to end the year. Uh, j- just to put a nice little bow on things to, to end the season.
3: Yeah, I think seven wins is easier to swallow. Easier pill to swallow than six. Uh, So Kentucky had to win that game. Did, uh, you know, just I think the line of scrimmage was a big, big key turnovers. Obviously, we're going to talk about that. But that Kentucky defense just continues to play at a top ten level in the country and, you know, without a surefire first rounder. So I I just uh, credit Brad White, and I hope that they – padlock the outside of his door at the uh, at the office and don't let him out the building. So, uh, yeah, he up over to three hundred nine yards. Neither quarterback could find a rhythm. The the, the running back hurt him some, and uh, especially I know Nick, you were enjoying the outside zones that were averaging oh, what six and a half yards a pop there for a second. But yeah, big win for the program and, and the offseason, I agree is going to be crazier than the season, and that's saying a lot because this season was just. It, I'm glad it's over.
1: <laughs> we can feel your stress, Freddie, especially on uh the pregame <clears> shows <throat> this year. You could it was it was palpable. Um, but I did think you made, made a good point too. Like I know some people would just be like, Oh, but Brad White, he went, Tennessee score a lot on him, Vandy beat him. It's like they're they're there definitely is not gonna be one first team all SEC selection on this defense. There might not even be one on the second team. I don't know who you would put on there. <clears throat> There's not any one star, but as a, as a collective, they've been outstanding and to the point where it actually, I, I got a little upset today. I shouldn't have been this upset, lucky, but I looked at the SP plus numbers. The defense was ninth. The offense was 92nd. I,
2: Stinks stunk. <clears throat> I mean, it's over, but it was just it, offense. It was a frustrating year. Um, Felt like you left a lot of meat on the bone, right? Because you had such a good defense this season.
1: Well, and, and it was it was some of the same on Saturday where you, you struggled in the red zone, right? Um, it was
2: – the game was like – all right, a lot of the issues were fixed. Like kicking game. Yeah, right? got that You fix that. Turnovers, creating takeaways was kind of an issue again. But, you know, you create three takeaways – In the game, but the offensive issues were the same. Didn't finish drives in the red zone. Four, four red zone opportunities. You get, you know, only you only scored two touchdowns. Um, You were two to three on goal to go. You had a goal to go opportunity and you didn't score a touchdown. You had a touchdown taken away because of an illegal formation. Um, I would assume you know the tight end wasn't lined up on the line like he should have been. I mean, it was twelve games, thirty six quarters. Twelve times four is thirty-six, right? No, forty-eight quarters. Uh, and they, they—I mean, it was a the, some of the issues never got fixed, and I think that's the, that's the most frustrating part I think about um, the whole offense. Like they obviously had their weaknesses and limitations, but um, there were situations where they just could never figure out what, what was working well for or what or how they could finish drives, and that was an issue all season and was an issue against Louisville. Um, luckily, um, some big takeaways set up some easy scoring opportunities. I mean they got a lead early, which was huge. What Freddie talked about, that hot start, and that really kind of set the tone of the game.
1: Yeah, and JJ Weaver would have had an all time governor's cup play if his feet didn't get in his way. I mean, Drew, that was an awesome strip, an awesome scoop. And then he stumbles on the six, but it felt like there if, if JJ scores, it's seventeen nothing, Kentucky wins forty to nothing, right? But instead, they mess around and then they got to kick a field goal <clears> from the six yard line.
0: Yeah, I mean, that place would have really erupted and had he crossed the goal line. Uh, like you said, it would have been a touchdown rather than what they ended up with, and we're looking more like scores last year. Also, just him being a Louisville guy, I don't remember how much he really considered Louisville out of high school. I know they didn't recruit Louisville much when Petrino was there, but I know there's some some extra beef being from the city, city so that would have been a nice stamp on his... Uh, his senior day to get that through but still a big play and um, lots of big plays as we mentioned the turnovers and it felt like there could have been eight interceptions i remember so many that were that were dropped that i thought could have been picked so it could have been a lot uglier for uh louisville's offense too in the turnover column
1: yeah carrington valentine had a couple that were just right there i mean just uh, you mentioned his recruitment though i'm pretty sure that that was scott satterfield his he was trying to do his first like Big move as head coach was to try to get JJ Weaver to say, is that right? Like it, and JJ
2: yeah, would have been class of twenty nineteen, so he signed like right when Satterfield was hired, like a couple weeks. So I'm sure there was they probably made a move for him there at the uh, at the end. Because JJ uh, Weaver, yeah, that, yeah, they, Vince Tyree it. actually right.
3: recruited JJ, from what I understand.
2: <laughs> but my one of my favorite recruiting stories, Nick, was JJ Weaver wanted to have his his signing ceremony at the Jefferson Mall. Which is, oh, yeah. if you're from Louisville You get that Of why why all places
1: He also wanted to wait till February To do it yeah. with his teammates And Vince was like, no
2: I think that was, that, I think that was the first December class If I remember correctly Yeah, I saw which, a
0: Louisville basketball player Buying Nikes at Jaytown town Mall Right after he graduated And I asked, and he was like, couldn't wait to get out of Adidas <laughs> Fun Fun Jefferson Town Mall memories
1: Oh, old J Mall, which uh, I saw somebody tweet recently. Like, if you're having a bad day and don't think you can make it, J Mall's still around, so you know you can make it too. Um, that place, oh, what what a gym, what a gym. Uh, we got sidetracked there for a moment, um, but big day for Kentucky seniors, um, Senior Day. It's always a, a, a special moment, and I, Freddie, I'm sure you can attest to this a little bit more, but it felt like. This senior day, even though Kentucky's freshmen made the big plays offensively, the seniors still had their time to shine, offense, defense, and before the game.
3: Yeah, I think so. I especially enjoyed the Chris Oates uh, portion of the ceremony. And then Drew and I are big DeAndre Square fans and Ken Horsey. But in today's college football, who's a senior? I mean, that that is a loose term. Because uh, you got COVID year, you got all kinds of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a wonderful moment, and I think the highlight on the field for me was uh, Kentucky had two players, two linebackers, enter the three hundred tackle club. That's a special club, and DeAndre Square and Jaquez Jones both uh, registered their three hundred tackle, and that was good to see. But but also some young young folks, uh, DeAndre Buford, the SEC defensive lineman of the week, or Co rather, and Walker. then Dink. I mean, yeah, and then uh, uh, what's – Dinkins. Uh, Dinkins, yes. Yeah. yeah, Dinkins is really coming on the last two games, so that was good to see. But, you know, I can see why Vince and Mark are so excited about the young, the youth of this program because, uh, what, at nine – eight or nine of the uh, 11 completions that Will Levis had went to freshmen, and I saw somebody tweet that 66% of all touchdown passes – have been caught by freshmen, either red shirt or true. So, uh, yes, to say goodbye to some really, really good seniors, Will Levis being one, Chris Rodriguez. Uh, but the future I think is bright, but you got to be very strategic with the portal here and, and get a tackle or two and a quarterback. And those are the, and a long snapper. I mean, let's just be honest about it. And right. the, those are some big acquisitions that they're facing.
1: The, uh, Square got his 300th tackle on a third down stop, and Jacquez got his on that fourth down stop, which that was a huge, was a huge turnover on downs because Louisville responded uh, pretty quickly uh, to a Kentucky score, and they moved the chains until a replay overturned it. And then Jacquez came up big. I mean, he hadn't played in months, right? Like a lot of those guys hadn't played in a long time. So to come in and step up and make big plays, that was huge. Absolutely loved to see it. Um, I really I like
0: their uh, their photo, the linebackers on the field after the game. Did you all see that? That was pretty kinda, cool. Kind of just showed how loaded that group's been the last two years, where you've got those four guys.
1: To Freddie's point, though, look, it we don't know who's seniors, and feels like there's a lot of whispers. Like, did Chris Rodriguez play in his last game at Kroger Field?
2: I think uh, him taking that Senior Bowl invitation is kind of a, the smoking gun there. Um, I heard Jim Nagy on a podcast say um, they send out these invitations, um, but a lot of times the coaches will hold them until they figure out for sure um, before they take you know send out the picture of them accepting the invite. Chris accepting the invite, I think, is a sign that he's probably gone, but yeah, I mean, there, I, there's still a chance, I would say, uh, that, he, that he's there. But yeah, there's going to be seniors here on Kentucky's team that move on and maybe play somewhere else next year. Uh, I think that's like, if I say smoke, I think, I think that could be a possibility. Um, and there's probably, there might be a couple others, too. So, that's always something to look out for as well.
1: I just got thrown off when I was trying to fish for a Jatai McLean quote from Mark Stoops. He was like, well, we might not have seen the last of Chris. And I'm like, well, he didn't say exactly that. But it was enough for me to kind of look at Drew and kind of like, what? what what's he talking about? Just
2: 230
1: yards, though. It's down to 230. That's, that's all I need. So um what's what's our what's the worst possible rush defense kentucky could face in a bowl game let's get them let's get uh you know the oklahomas or you know one of those big 12 teams and just run
2: it up on them yeah, to it's gonna the, be
0: hard to run for 230 but also uh entertain your wide receivers because i think that's gonna be a part of the bowl game too yeah
2: and it's also important bowl games get weird wonky um, things that haven't yeah. happened all year typically happen um, so get ready for 60 yard field goals Kentucky blocking punts, things of that nature. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> things do get weird in bowl games. So, yeah, that's they're hard to even predict and what's going to happen. We don't even know who's going to be on the roll. Like last year, Kentucky had a lot of guys in the portal that played, right? KD McDaniel, I think Isaiah Gibson, and there was a few others that, that played in that bowl game. I don't know if that's going to be the case this year. So there's just a lot of stuff here to parse through.
0: Put me down for the under on 60 yard field goals. I would, I would like it on that.
2: <laughs> Stoops did. Uh, the, of, they're they're calling that? Matt Ruffalo Justin Tucker here in town uh, oh. during Freddie. Uh, little fans are calling. That guy, they're saying that guy never missed a field goal.
1: Stoops did allude to guys not doing the portal thing and playing in the bowl game again. He kind of said on his call in show, like, we could do that last year. Don't know about this year. It also makes you wonder, what are the numbers going to be like just for that bowl game? But you know what? We can figure that out at a different time. Um, I did want to just give a shout-out real quick to one of my favorite Louisville Cardinals that's ever played, Malik Cunningham. Like, let's let's give it up for him one more time. I mean, when in doubt, just blitz him and watch him throw into triple coverage. Like, that that was, that was beautiful. I loved every single second of it. I don't really understand the rationale that Louisville did, Freddie, because as you mentioned earlier, like, they were running the ball well, um, but I guess Scott was like, you know what, uh, screw the patience. Let's let's just let Malik let it rip.
3: Yeah, 145, and that's with UK with uh, four quarterback sacks and six tackles for loss. So that goes against trend as well, because Kentucky has not been very good defensively as far as, tackles for loss and quarterback sacks. But, yeah, I mean, Louisville was absolutely uh, gashing Kentucky at times on that outside zone and went away from it. And that really happened. You know, Malik comes in, the game changes. Uh, but, Nick, I know you're going to miss him, and he's. I'm surprised you're uh, not wearing a jersey right now.
0: Is Nick muted? I think Nick's muted. Where'd he go? I think he Who's got good? hacked. <laughs> all right, well, I'll take over for Nick. What were we talking about?
3: Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham.
0: Beautiful 0-4. Beautiful 0-4. Beautiful Owen 4 um, He did come in and run the ball. That that looked all right. Then right back to the bench. Clearly, that hand, uh, he was going to be fumbling if he
2: did too much. Also, uh, also, third game in a row, Drew, he is left with an injury against Kentucky. Got hurt, got hit by Jamin Davis in 2019, left the game. Um, 2021, uh, I believe he got hit in the third quarter, left the game. Um, and this year, um, hurt his shoulder trying to tackle Trevin Wallace. So he's left the game three times against Kentucky as well.
1: Uh, trying to tackle Trevin Wallace is just a bad idea. Not a good business decision.
0: I know we already mentioned Square, but – you know Cunningham being zero and four. How awesome to be four and zero in the rivalry for that class. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't have the. I know the the rivalry goes in streaks, but I doubt there's been too many classes come through to go undefeated against Louisville.
1: Four blowouts. So, uh,
2: yeah, <laughs>
0: I mean, not even close. I mean, just have a complete control of your enemy. Those guys. Uh, what a career for them.
1: In two and two against Florida, right? In the last four years, I think Un-
0: unde- undefeated in bowl games. Three and two, three and two against Florida.
1: Oh, if you went five years. years, yeah, yeah. Two,
0: two citrus bowls? I mean, what a resume for the, the seniors.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, a great crew. Uh, here Here's a question. Uh, is anybody here uh, trying to imagine a, a world where Will Levis has not played in his last game as a Wildcat?
0: Did you all hear Mark Stoops uh, talking about it? He did everything, but he was dancing around it, but he just kept saying, you know, but if he doesn't, he's just so tough and he's already given so much. I'm not saying he won't, but I'm just saying he's already done so much. I mean, he he was saying it without saying it.
3: You know, I've read something today where there's only been two first-round quarterbacks drafted that did not play in a bowl game. Now, most of the good quarterbacks play on good teams and play meaningful bowls, but that's just something to throw out there. I, I, either way, I'm fine with Will. I mean, he, you know, he's done – some some really good things at Kentucky. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think everybody get behind his decision either way.
2: And if there's interim coordinator for the bowl game, interim coaches already, you know, they're already kind of turning the page the next year, right? So, I, I wouldn't have a big deal uh, with him opting out. Um, bowl games are glorified exhibition games. This one specifically – more than others, when I've kind of not all ball games are created equal. Um, this bowl game is not going to be the Citrus Bowls. Um, it's just not, it's not on that mm-hmm. level. It's not going to be this big jumping off point for the program. It's just the last game of the season and then moving on to next year. Um, and so yeah, I, I would have no issues <laughs> right with him opting out. And I, I completely understand it from his perspective. Get healthy. And, you know, the senior bowl is going to be big for him. So get healthy and get ready for that, for that week down there in Mobile.
0: I've seen people, you know, talking about guys in the past that have played. It Benny Snell playing does not compare to Will Levis playing. There's a significant difference in millions in what's at, at stake. Josh Allen. The only, yeah. co- Josh, Josh Allen's is comparable, the which was crazy that he even played. But I don't think you should anyone should expect it just because other guys that were third, fourth rounders. Will Will's looking at a different spot than any of them outside of Josh.
3: A different position too. I mean quarterbacks yeah. are just different
1: um freddie i gotta stop you for a second did i see you drinking out of a perrier bottle
3: no this this is generic italian sparkling mineral water oh
0: i'm doing mineral water too carbonation
1: added from the krogers but is that is that so is it water or is it fancy water you don't strike me as a fancy water kind of guy
3: well i mean i I drank the The carbonated Kroger water, and that just comes in more of a jug. So, uh, this is just a fancier, uh, fancier container,
1: the fancy Italian one. Yeah, but
3: I do like fancy water, and that's actually what I call it. So,
1: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, really needed to get sidetracked there because I I just could not stop looking at that green bottle, wondering. What in the world was inside? Hopefully, our listeners and are watching only on YouTube. And uh, Bill has brought up a great point on the YouTube chat uh, that it got a little dusty during the Chris O's senior day announcement. It got a little dusty. It also was a little odd because everybody was having a moment, and then we just had Carl Nathy yell, Come, hey, Smoke. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> He didn't even get One, time to get an ovation. It was
0: like, Chris Oates, all right, Smoke, get out there.
1: <laughs> and Smoke was the last
0: person. What are we doing? I love Smoke. I'm gonna miss him. But- it's almost like they oh, skipped
2: over last. him and then they were like, oh, we gotta say this kind of thing. <laughs> oh
1: well, it was really cool to see Oates there. And uh And smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> smoke. Uh I I liked over after the game, like. Some of these guys had been there so long that you just kind of forget all the twists and turns, especially uh, Rodriguez, because Rodriguez has been so good for so long. And he was just like, I just remember being in the dorms, like not thinking I was ever going to play. And because he was in the doghouse. Remember, he fumbled in his first game, Grand threw him in the doghouse, and he wasn't letting his ass out. And then he got in at the end of that South Carolina game Cats were losing 24 to nothing. Him and Lynn Bowden come in and go 85 yards down the field, there's the birth of Bowden ball. Um, but he was like, you know, I'd just be in my dorm room with Chris. Chris was like, dude, you're hard. Don't worry about this. You're hard. You got this. And he just kept chopping away, and, and he finally got his moment <clears> to shine. So, um, Freddie, I, it, it, as much as I hate Eli Drinkwitz, he kind of made this point the other day. And it's, it's, it's a point that I wonder – just big picture how it's going to impact the future of the program is in this world of the transfer portal. How many guys like that, like the Chris Rodriguez's, like the Jamin Davises, are we going to see here in the future at the University of Kentucky?
3: You're going to see fewer and fewer. I mean, and, and Jamin and Chris's stories are, are unique anyway. So, but, but I, I do, I don't know if you'll see a player that comes out that magnitude of, of talent but you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of players, not just at Kentucky, but all over the first bit, you know, first session of adversity. And there's a lot as a true freshman when you come to when you go to college. One thing, and then you're playing against players that are bigger, stronger, faster than you. That everybody on the team was the best player of their team. It's a lot different. It's challenging. So, you know, that that does concern me. Uh, that you know, you hit a rough, rough patch and. It's easy to, to go somewhere else and hit another rough patch. So uh transfer portal, the, the outgoing players, I, I'm a little bit concerned. Maybe will not find the green pasture that they're looking for and end up in, in not a uh, ideal situation. But back to your point, Nick, I think it's going it's going to be fewer uh, stories like Jamin Davis, Chris Rodriguez, uh, Eli Cox is another. You know, I mean, so many other players that that kind of. Was in the developmental cycle of the program, then flourished as a junior, senior, etc.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, and it's not always just freshman year, too, right? It's that sophomore year when you think it's time to play, you don't get in right away. You know, you might get cut, not not cut, but uh, guy beats you out. Uh, you, the team loses some games, uh, and I, and I think where this could. I, I I don't see it happening right away for the line because I think they kind of – it's built in that they know that it's going to take longer uh, for them. But I, I can see that scenario like it were, you know, a lot of guys, they need three years in the trenches before they're ready and they, they might not get that time anymore. Or they might not take that time, I should say.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, everything's different, you know. So you've got to – coaches have got to adapt. Adaption's key here. Um, those who adapt the best are going to win, and so you got to do things differently than you've done them in the past. And so it's going to it's trial and error, right? You know, you've got kind of have to figure out what what your secret sauce is and what's going to work best for you at your program. And um, a lot of that's based on you know um, the type of talent, your talent pool, and the type of kids you're getting and all that. But yeah, I mean, early playing time is key. I think this year was a lesson, Nick, for a lot of Kentucky fans. Like, if you've got good players as freshmen, they need to play. Alabama's freshmen are playing. Georgia's freshmen are playing. Clemson's freshmen are playing. Ohio State's freshmen are playing. Like, they're not stashing bodies over there. Um, best players will play. Like, they're getting on the field right away. And that's on it. That's a good selling point for the future of when you're recruiting, you know. We play our freshmen here. Um, so – you come here, you got a chance to play right away. Maybe that's something Kentucky's just got to um, lean into. Maybe it's not as much, you know, red shirt and stag bodies as much as they used to. Maybe it's more um, so that early playing time and get guys on the field because um, that's the best way to kind of satisfy some of those appetites, right? You know, people want to play.
1: Oh, yeah, they certainly do. Um, you mentioned adapting. Uh, the ones who have lasting power have to adapt the most. Stoops is now the tenth longest tenured college football coach in America. Now that David Shaw, he he stepped down the other day after I want to say twelve years. That Stanford ship has it was already sunk. So uh, God, they 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 just made it an amicable split. Uh, but you are talking about trial and error too. It's trial and error for us. I thought the portal wasn't opening until December fifth. We got two dudes hopping in it today. So I'm I'm thrown off by it, but. Uh, I, I I thought I could get at least a day to get ready and I, I was wrong uh chauncey magwood uh and Demarcus Harris entered the portal uh drew wasn't a surprise about Harris I mean he went through senior day after all like it's like okay you, you, you put in your your time you gave a lot now go to do two years elsewhere magwood was one I thought might have a shot um as you know uh third or fourth option <laughs> uh he 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 had some some good reps this year, um, but both ultimately decided to to hop into the transfer portal.
0: Yeah, I mean, those were two of the promising young receivers from the last class until you end up with Barry and Brown and Dane yeah. Key. I mean, I wish they'd stick it out selfishly because you are going to need more than Brown and Key moving forward. And you just worry about all these people going to the porter and ha- portal and having nowhere to go. And I just hope people aren't making decisions they'll regret ended up ending up at a different level of football just because they didn't want to sit behind two young guys. But, I mean, that youth movement has been so big at Kentucky so far. It's, it's, it's not surprising guys are jumping ship and seeing, seeking other opportunities. And that's partially what made the rivalry so fun on Saturday as you're watching Louisville with seniors from the portal get their ass kicked by Kentucky's freshmen. As fans on that side look for just something to hang on to, they're looking at Kentucky's already rebuilt and, and still uh, dominating the, the Governor's Cup. So I I just, as we've said a million times already in this season, it's the, this freshman group has been special, and it's not shocking guys are, are moving out because they know they can't uh, move up the depth chart.
2: And it's all guys can return too, like there's going to be a time where Kentucky a Kentucky player enters the portal and comes back. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Chauncey Magwood or Demarcus Harris or Chris Lewis whenever he officially enters, but that that's always an option yeah. option too. And so, but they just their Nick the recruiting is really good in the wide receiver room. Yeah, um, they got two guys committed right now who and Shamar Porter who I really like. Just named the Army All-American game, and Anthony Brown's had a huge senior year at Springfield High there are up in Ohio. That both those guys can play, and they they're in on a couple more um, before that they might be able to get in the class before signing day gets here. So there's you know if you got to – there's only so many snaps to go around. You know um, they're stacking they're stacking talented players in that receiver room, so uh, the, the attrition shouldn't be a surprise. Like you can't. You can't have everybody in there. You can only have you know a certain amount of receivers. You, and you Adam, it.
3: I'm sorry, the, the Adam they really, really like Anthony Brown. Yeah, a lot. So just just putting that out there, they like it. they like that kid a whole
1: lot. And He's the he one had with big, the John
0: Legend connection, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We can't yeah. lose him. Got to keep John Legend around.
1: He had a big night Friday, um, and he ended the Caddis's little brother's season in the. Division one, which is the equivalent of Class Six A in Kentucky, yeah, Division one state semifinals, their biggest classification, beat Cincinnati Mower to go back to the state championship game. I believe they lost in it last year. Uh, but Josh Caddis, uh, they say his
2: brother's better. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way that, that guy is King Caddis. Crown him. Yeah, he.
1: Uh, Jose said, uh, how great was Caddis? not only a freshman, but he can be a key, key contributor for years to come. And Bill says that he seems a little undersized, but he's nasty for being undersized. And, I mean, I don't know how many dudes I've ever seen throw a stiff arm like that 70-yard yeah. field. That was gnarly. Dr. Mike got a great
2: picture of that. That My might ball. be going in the Luckett basement. <laughs> ah. Just a straight punch um, to Josh Minkins, a um, Louisville kid. Dude's awesome. I mean, he's just mowing He's mowing dudes down in the run game. He's making plays in the passing game. He's just awesome. He's going to be an awesome player here. Um, already is making big-time plays. So, just, I mean, like, that whole freshman class in general, man, it's just it's so exciting, right? I mean, like, Deion Walker, they could not do anything with it. Louisville could not do anything with him in that game. It was just, like, it was like, good Lord, they really cannot block this guy. Um, and mean, they've got an offensive line full of super seniors and guys that have played a lot of football, and it's a solid offensive line. And they just had no answers for them. Then you got a guy like Jordan Lovett, redshirt freshman, making plays. Jordan Dingle's is a redshirt freshman. Trevor Wallace is a true sophomore. There's just a lot to get excited about with this defense, with the whole that whole those two classes in general, that 21 and 22 classes. Um, a lot of good players in that group.
1: We might have a. Like uh, our own Kentucky version of the Kelsey family, though, because Caddis is an absolute hoss. His brother, Vince offered him when he was an eighth grader. And his brother looks like he could play now. He's an offensive tackle. And I think there's another Caddis that's a linebacker. I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, power five guy or not. But you know what? Let's just come on now, Come on down, Caddises. We got a home for you here.
0: If, if they're like – if they're like Josh, I mean, he's that old school brand of football. I mean, he's he's violent, and you noticed, you know, sometimes guys would end up on the other sideline and get shoved around a little bit. When Caddis fell down on the Louisville sideline, they were helping him up. They wanted none of the smoke from him over there. He was he was all alone, and they were helping him and patting him on the back to get back across the
2: sideline. Uh, when he after field. he got tackled, Tyrese Fearby was ready to mix it up. <laughs> yeah. with Louisville players on the sideline, and of course, like. The first scuffle was, I think, involved Barry and Brown because, of course, it did. Um, And then, like, as soon as they got, as soon as a Louisville player got on that other sideline, it was, it was on. They were ready to go, and that's, I think, that's kind of been Nick' big mental edge uh, Mm -hmm. for this rivalry. I think just Kentucky, like, this is, this is the game, and they wanna, they wanna embarrass Louisville. Um, They, they wanna just embarrass them, and. Um, mentally, you could—I think—you could just tell there's an edge that Kentucky has over Louisville right now in this series, and it's—it's it's just evident. I mean, uh, the L's down like their fan base absolutely despises the L's. I mean, despises it. Um, but there's no, like there's nothing they can do about it. Um, but can, like Barry and Brown's on the jumbotron, the field of punt every time. If you watch the TV copy, every time they show fans, I mean, just old people, young people. Just everybody's just throwing L's down and having a like a like it's the like kids in a candy shop. Like it's the <laughs> coolest thing ever. And like, man, that's that just really it really gets under a little people's skin. And that's why people they just keep leaning into it because of that. It's just it's a lot of fun I being on the Kentucky side in this rivalry right now. I didn't think yep. I could
0: love on Brown more until Nick tweeted the video of him just <laughs> – I thought it would break his wrist at the catwalk. He didn't stop. Then, like, oh, Luckett just said, he's back to fill the punt, and he sees himself on the big screen and just starts doing it for the crowd. And the crowd goes <laughs> nuts. They love it.
2: And he's wow. running routes in pregame with just L's down. Like, he's running slants and uh, corner routes <laughs> with L's down and just running up to midfield and just uh, L's down into Louisville. I mean, it was just – did, did awesome. any of y'all see
1: the picture of Stoops with the he was posing with the trophy yes and it, and it looks like he's got his he's got his hands down on his side and he's kind of like like holding his wait here we go Holding his hand like this like he's got his L's down too i want i want I want Stoops to be subtly throwing his Ls down in pictures too okay like the our, our Ruder film because they really messed up letting us know that it bothered them. And when Scott Satterfield went to midfield and started whining about it, I mean, it was it that was it was never going to die after that. Like it was never. There was a time where, like, even I was like, I mean, come on, I'm not. That's too childish. I'm not going to throw my l's down. And now it's like, oh, here we go.
0: Listen, I've been making fun of them for 13 years. They don't realize how they take the bait every single time. You fire off a tweet, and they just. Come out of the water flopping like fish, wanting to complain. They love saying rent free when they'll spend a whole night tweeting you because you tweet one thing about Louisville. The they, obsession. They, get, they don't understand. We'd probably get bored with L's Down if they wouldn't quit complaining about it, but it's just, it's it hits them every time. We're not going to stop.
2: And it's gotten to the point where any team that beats them, they all go to that. Yeah, Lenore Ryan dancing in Louisville's locker room, throwing up L's Down. Any any time Louisville loses a game, they have to see that. And they the first thing their fans think of is, God damn Kentucky, the L's down. I hate the L's down. <laughs> and it's just, it's his mental edge they have in the rivalry series. And basketball does it too, man. I, I You know, you got to tip your hat to them. Case and Wallace will probably be doing L's down up there in Rupp Arena when Kentucky's up 28-2 to at the first TV timeout.
0: The L's down has gotten bigger than the L's up. We do it more than they do their own <laughs> hand gesture. It's become a Kentucky thing.
2: My, uh,
1: who's our? Let's let's power rank our favorite people to throw L's down, shall we? Um, uh, do we have any any personal favorites? <laughs> Vito. <from home> <laughs>
0: Vito. Yeah. <laughs> Vito, I really thought they missed the chance to let Vito lead them onto the field Saturday. And as someone on Twitter suggested, they should have just given Vito the UK football Twitter account for the game and let him entertain the fans.
2: The duo of Vito and Barryn next thanksgiving weekend at cardinal <laughs> stadium doing els down is going to be an all-time high
0: especially when vito debuts his new els down neck tattoo that will... <laughs> thanksgiving
2: there is
1: one person who uh who i, I thought boom williams his facial expression yeah, it was that one. that first one that was a very good one um and there was also we had a this was might even predated else down, though. There was a celebrity, a UK a governor's cup celebrity at the game on Saturday, uh, Josh Forrest, who all time like <laughs> gotta be the greatest touchdown celebration ever. When he <laughs> I remember that. He ran the pick six into the end zone and then just threw the ball out of the stadium. Like <laughs> I, I I bet he dislocated his shoulder. He threw that ball so hard. He was he was in the house with some some other uh UK alums this weekend, so uh, wanted wanted to give him a shout out. Freddie, did you ever throw L's down when you were on the sideline? No, we
3: didn't. Uh, we didn't play Louisville. And I don't think the L had been invented uh, in the late 80s
1: yet by uh, our friends to the West. Well, you were at least there for 2018. Did you throw your L's down when Luke Fortner got thrown out of the game?
3: <laughs> no, I was too busy laughing. Nobody, I was joking with Stenberg on the sideline. Like, of all, all 85 players... Nobody would have picked Luke Fortner to get kicked out of a football game, and he got kicked out. And the look on Stoops' face when he came to the sideline was priceless. It was almost like it was, it was almost like Mark was as, surpri- as surprised as we were and couldn't believe it was Luke. But then he had to say something in Luke's face, bless his heart. He felt so bad, but you know we were calling him Rocky and you know just messing <laughs> with him on the sideline. It was funny, actually. Stenberg bummed a dip. And then he had to go in on a, uh, a pat, and he got a bunch of pellets in his eyes, and he was all <laughs> mad. So I had Luke and uh, and, and Logan were both uh, not in good good headspace in two thousand
2: eighteen. The uh, right. shout out shout out Fortner's Jags big win yesterday. Um, yeah. We talked about rivalry moments. Vince tweeting on the sideline last year, twenty twenty one was up there.
3: Levis' L's down last year, Levis was up there. That that was powerful. Countless touchdowns. That was a a powerful L's down. So, I think. And and then uh, Benny. Benny was also very good at the L's
1: down thing.
2: I like The Zion Childress one was good.
1: That was was a great celebration. Levis kind
2: of worked
0: in the, uh, you know, the LeBron where he pushes down. Levis kind of did that with his L's. He added a little uh, twist. I hadn't seen that before.
1: I appreciate how much they let defensive players get away with celebrations because it feels like when you, if you score a touchdown, you're kind of walking on tiptoes. I think like if as long as they don't rip their helmets off, like a defensive player can just do whatever they want after a sack, whether a sack or like an interception. Now on an interception, they just run down the field. And in the NFL, the other day, did you did you all see the interception where they had a 12th man run onto the field? <laughs> I, it was uh. I think it was the Seahawks Raiders game and somebody picked off a pass and a dude just ran from the sideline into the game. He thought he was down. He was trying to get in on the celebration and just nobody caught it. <laughs> 12 guys running <laughs> down the field for a little bit.
0: There's no rules.
1: Oh man.
3: Rivalry game. Did you all outside of the governor's cup? Did you enjoy
1: most this year? Oh, <laughs> always egg ball. It was all I, it, it, it was the because mo- the thing was, too, is it was rainy. It was sloppy. It was kind of – it wasn't the most, like, typical Egg Bowl electric factory. But the fourth quarter, I mean, you got the fumble review, and then uh, they go and uh, – we, we each has a fumble just trying to – with uh, the quarterback trying to not sneak it in, but running the read option. I mean, he ran a read option with Will Rogers. Like, oh, he fumbled it? Like, big surprise. Uh, and then – to march 99 yards down the field and have Lane Kiffin call burn two timeouts. Like, how do you not have a two-point play? He's like the one coach in America I would trust to have a two-point play ready, and he has to call two timeouts. They don't
2: get it. Game over. Just egg ball. I thoroughly enjoyed just the whole Friday. Um, Games on start to finish on Friday were really good, I thought. I'm trying to think who the early game was, but like Arkansas, Missouri had a crazy finish. Florida, Florida State uh, was highly entertaining. North Carolina, North Carolina State uh, over mm-hmm. time. Uh, the Friday games, I uh, I enjoyed a lot. Nebraska, doing, yeah, Nebraska yeah. Iowa was another game in there. Yeah,
1: doing my family a solid, keeping Iowa down, get, building up a 24 nothing lead and hanging on for dear life. And uh, now the Boilermakers playing the Big Ten Championship, so that was uh it was big, big, big for the for the Brom squad. So it was. Uh, I'm sure Volvo fans were not not angry to see that final score. Whenever they got back on the road down I64,
0: <laughs> I don't root for Michigan, but I I enjoyed them getting one on Ohio State just because I like when Ohio State loses. I guess I'm a Michigan fan in that one game, uh, but it was nice
2: to see the Buckeyes go down.
1: Turns out uh, Harbaugh made the right decision with JJ
2: McCarthy. And me and Nick were talking about this on Saturday. Um, last year after Ohio State be Michigan, um, Harbaugh kind of insinuated that Ryan Day was born on third base, which is very rich coming from Jim Harbaugh,
0: <laughs> which is
2: very like a smug Michigan man thing to say, uh, that someone else was born on third base. Um but yeah. the Michigan Michigan fans, son of joking, a Hall of Fame head coach, yeah are uh, <laughs> are uh, giving it to uh, yeah who uh, who's who had to steal his brother's staff like to get his thing turned around like he got like three guys from the Ravens like he, John's like here Jim here's these good coaches he'll help you out here but yeah the other guys born on third base um, so uh, the, but that's been Michigan fans have been kind of. Throwing that in Ohio State's fan faces, but it's just funny because like it's like the opposite. The other one was more on their base.
1: Oh, and then after the game, Ohio State fans are chaining. "We want Urban." Um, uh, like, I, wow, I, I missed
2: that. Were they really?
1: Yeah, that was on like the post game when they they had the big noon crew on the kickoff, and uh, I also loved. I forgot somebody. You know, they have we have all these people that do like their big Sunday columns or Monday columns, like ten things I learned sort of deal. Uh, Bill Connolly's, I think, was uh, the first bullet point. Was Jim Harbaugh turned Ryan Day into Jim Harbaugh? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ryan Day, he's one and two now in that game, and that's you know that's everything for that rivalry. They're only uh, he has
2: three Big Ten lo- or yeah, two Big Ten losses, and they're both to Michigan. <laughs> that's crazy,
1: absolutely nuts. Uh, speaking of while while we're talking about coaches elsewhere, Luke Fickle. Going to the Big Ten, going to Wisconsin, and look I think it could be a short term gain, but we hopefully hopefully it's not a long term net loss because there could be some positive consequences as long as they don't get somebody else in there. That could yeah.
2: If you're alluding to Brian Hotline, there was the two top candidates today came out was Tom Herbin and Matt Campbell. Um, I think from Kentucky standpoint, you get Matt Campbell in there. I don't think. I think Kentucky would feel good about those head-to-head recruiting battles, um, right? And so that that could be that could be kind of best-case scenario um, there. Um, I think it was weird move for Fickle. I think you thought he was holding out for something bigger, but I think he just didn't want any part of that Big Twelve. I think maybe he was worried Cincinnati might be in the same situation West Virginia is in right now, where it's just a weird fit, um, where you're playing the Texas Conference and you're in Ohio. And you have to play like kind of that style of football, football where you're recruiting a different type of athlete and a different type of player. Um, so, an interesting move there by Fickle. But yeah, I mean, early early returns on the Cincinnati coaching search, Nick, I think are pretty promising for Kentucky. We'll see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Tom Herman or Matt Campbell are there at Cincinnati, I don't think you would. We'll see what they would, whatever the staff will be, but you wouldn't really fear them, I don't think, recruiting in Ohio, which would be. Good for Kentucky. Whereas if they got a coach there with you know really good Ohio ties, they would kind of be a pain in the rear to deal with um, when you're talking about going head to head with them on the recruiting trail. Um,
1: and there's there's a couple players too that Kentucky that recruited um, that Cincinnati won out. They got that post college football playoff bump that Kentucky could get in on now, kind of steal at the eleventh hour. Um, if you want to check out some of those names, hit up Kentucky Sports Radio. Uh, Trevor Carter is one of them in Ironton, Ohio. That They've been stupid. Vince has tried to get in in Ironton, Ohio for a while. Uh, So, you know, something to keep an eye on with a little less than a month until the early signing period begins. Recruiting starts next week. Mark Stoops will be on the road. He's getting shoulder surgery tomorrow, but uh, he said he's a tough guy. You know, he'll be fine. He'll be able to get back on the road recruiting in no time. Um, but he's already gotten to work making changes this offseason. The first domino to fall, John settle out, uh, running backs and co-special teams coach. I, I don't know how long that tag lasted on there, but, uh, settle came from Wisconsin to Kentucky, that running back factory. And he's been great with Chris Rodriguez, but that's not, not much else, um, to really say about that, um. Uh, He made Michael Drennan his kind of special project, and that just didn't work out. Drennan didn't play at all this year and probably going to hit the portal, I would imagine, uh, and use this as a redshirt year. Uh, When Rodriguez was out for those four games, Kentucky's running game was really just non-existent. And then the biggest part of this is is the recruiting part of it because your running backs coach needs to be able to get some dudes, and he just hasn't. And not only has he not um, gotten anybody – other running backs, other other coaches, recruits that they brought in at running back uh, have decommitted. Khalifa Keith's going to Tennessee now. So uh, Chad Scott was huge for Mark Stoops's early success on the recruiting front, getting Jeff Bidette, JoJo Kemp, guys like that in there. And so you need for this position, like it, you need this coach, this next guy, to be a good recruiter.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be a theme. A lot of maybe potential coaching changes is upgrading recruiting. And so that's what they're going to be looking for. I think bottom line, settle. Here are two years he didn't. He wasn't the lead recruiter. Now, that's not everything, but, you know, he just wasn't landing, landing some players. So that's a disappointment. And then you looked at, like Nick alluded to, like I'm worried about Kentucky's running back room next year, um, losing Chris. I mean, like we've had a – Kentucky's had a real special run where they've had one of Benny or Chris – as kind of a bell cow running back here for like seven years. Um, and then even at times they had complimentary pieces such as, you know, boom, Williams, AJ Rose. That's not, you don't really have that anymore. So it's, it's a worry going in next year. I think that's a position they didn't really need to look at the portal potentially. Um, and so maybe laying a running back coach that can maybe go out and get you a good portal running back would be, would be nice. And so we'll see um, what's hard to kind of handicap this is, is there's just, you don't know, like, the special teams coach factor. How does that work out? Like, who's the special teams coach, this or that? And I think that's something they're going to have to all figure out, so it's going to be something for all of us to monitor moving forward.
0: Did Nick go silent again?
1: Nick's on mute. Oh gosh! Why do we go? Why do I keep muting myself? Um, uh, sorry, fellas. Um, and now I got distracted. Damn it! What, what are we doing? Get it together, Roush. You got Seasons this. Just Come on. rolling. Yeah, we got this. Um, just oh, started.
2: I think Nick, you just said who was going to be the next quarterback at Kentucky, but we were all muted. So you can go ahead yeah, and tell no. us now. You know That's what? That's crazy. The coordinator going to too. You, I'm just going to tell you to go to Prize
1: Picks because it's great, and if you use the promo code KSR, they'll double your deposit up to a hundred dollars. So go to Prize Picks, play throughout this bowl season. Uh, it's two weeks away from getting started, but we've got a lot of you know sports going on. World Cup, uh, conference championship games this weekend. Go ahead, get in on the action. Play Prize Picks today. Download the app, visit them online, and use promo code KSR. They'll double your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars when you use promo code KSR today. Uh, speaking of conference championship games, this weekend, Troy is going to host one. That's right. For the first time ever, they're hosting the Sun Belt conference championship game with John Summerall. It'll be 366 days since they announced him as head coach that they're going to be hosting this conference championship game. So real fired up uh, to, to watch that next weekend. Really excited uh, for Summerall. Freddie, he's one of those dudes that, like, I think we all knew he was a good coach, but it's amazing how quickly he's turned that thing on down there.
3: Yeah, he he's a very good football coach. Good man, too. I got to know him very well. Uh, excellent recruiter. I mean, disciplinary. And always, you know, I pick, from what I picked up on him, he always wanted to learn. And, and I think that humility is a special factor in the really good coaches, right? I mean, uh, because coaches, uh, this is going to surprise some of y'all, have a tendency to be a little arrogant at times, right? What? So, what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but, but the great ones that I've been around have a, have a sense of humility or, or, or just humble, and, and he had that. And, and I knew he was going to be successful. are a great spot for him there. A lot of Kentucky ties. He was there before. So uh, I hope he wins the championship. I'm all for him. And uh, he's done a tremendous job there at Troy. And I've been to Troy a bunch of times. And if you can do it
0: at Troy, you can do it anywhere. Trust me. Also a uh, hell Mary from a real special season.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's their only Sunbelt loss. Um, they also lost to Ole Miss. That game was pretty close too. uh, yes. Ooh, Kevin, the bacon. That's a great question for the panel. What's the better football family, the Stoopses or the Harbaugh's. Stoopses don't have a Super Bowl.
0: Also, the Stoopses don't have Tom Crean. So Harbaugh's don't the have the a national championship.
1: Well, Jack had two at Western, technically. Yeah,
2: if you want to count that. Yeah, those, but yeah, Drew's I right. To
1: about that. The Harbaugh's cut down so many nets. I mean,
2: yeah, they just uh, they lose because they got Crean in the family they're by default. That's what, they, they, that's what I said. They're they're Stoops. a basketball family.
3: I'm voting all Stoops there. Uh, I, I'm going with Mark and the rest of the Stoops family and I think the reason it separates for me and I know that John and Jim's dad was special one championships and a tremendous man uh, but the story of, of Mark telling about his dad watching film on the side of the refrigerator after painting houses all day for for me that that spoke to me I mean that's how I would Mark and I about the same age We we grew up in you know, Youngstown and Tri Cities, you know, Steeltown, Coaltown, that, that on the way, you know, lost the, the, the boom, the economic boom. I mean, it was, uh, he and I have a lot alike, a lot of similarities. So I'm going to go with
1: the Stoops is there. I like that question, though. Really like that question. Um, great way. I know there's going to be a lot of speculation, a lot of stuff happening over the next couple of weeks uh that we'll be getting to that we'll be discussing reacting to without uh, just making this a bunch of big old speculation drew you got do you have one off-season hot take that you would like to a hot take or prediction that you would like to share um with the family on your way on our way out
0: Uh kind of caught me on the spot there a hot take or a prediction hmm um I'm just it's not really a take but I'm really excited for the coming days cuz I feel like the the staff shakeups are going to get pretty electric and uh, I'm just excited to see what's ahead. I don't have any predictions for what will happen well, there. But um I don't know, I still don't have good vibes at the uh we'll see Red Zone Rich again and I'm just interested see, to see where we go with all that.
1: I I um I just my prediction is that if we don't see the the play caller change soon starting either wednesday or thursday i'm just firing out numbers and i'm going blazing because i looked at them today and they're disgusting it it, i had to get up and walk away from my computer it's it's a crime against humanity what that offense did this year it's 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 how it can go from that good to that bad just like that it's a disgrace and i'm oh okay
0: you just you just walked me into my prediction i'm going to combine our takes for my prediction Okay. Kentucky's offense in the bowl game will be coached by an assistant and they will have their most points all year.
1: Oh, that's a fun. There's product. my
0: prediction. Highest scoring game of the year will be the bowl game with a interim play caller and Kaya Sharon airing out the football.
1: Ooh, love that prediction. There you go. Hey, that's a spicy way to end the show. Uh, the sound of my son crying is is my cue that it's it's time for me to go. Um, but we're gonna have hey, a lot L's more. down. Yeah, L's all the way down. We're gonna have a lot more content coming throughout this week. The off season, we're only cranking things up here at KSR. Don't go anywhere. We'll be having more right here on the KSR YouTube channel before you know it.